This is Jasmine with Listen to Your Single Friend. We're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the lonely. Welcome back, peeps. I am so excited. First of all, I want to thank you guys for 5,000 downloads. That is just, it's insane. It's mind-boggling. Like, I just wanted to pop my shit about all things single life. Just for somebody who's been and is still very much in the trenches, like, I just wanted something relatable and fun and something that just left a mark on people also. I'm just so happy so many people are here for this show. Um, And thank you guys so much for supporting. Um, Also, thank you guys for just being patient with me. Um, I told y'all I got some hot shit for y'all, but I've definitely been busy. So thank you guys for being patient. I told y'all I wanted to play catch up. Um, I didn't want to skip episodes. Um, And so we're here now. And this is actually going to be a really fun episode. I wanted to do some takeaways and talk shit about movies that have like a central theme about dating and relationships. So let's keep the conversation going on Instagram and Facebook. That's listen to your single friend. Twitter is your single F-R-N-D. Make sure to tune into our accounts on Fridays for Screenshot Friday. Every week is some shenanigans, y'all. Every single week, including y'all. Be on the account after a fool. But Screenshot Friday is really fun. Um, also, listen to your single friend as a book. So make sure you sign up for the book mailing list to get information on release dates, pre-orders, etc. Go to the website, listen to your single friend.com. I am uploading these episodes to YouTube, so go ahead and subscribe over there too to run up my subscribers. All right, guys, now it's time for our trivia throwback. I'll go ahead and play the clip right now. On average, people are spending about blank every day on dating apps looking for someone special. Mm-hmm. Is it A, 15 minutes every day? B, 45 minutes every day? C, an hour and a half every day? Or D, two hours every day? How much time are people spending every day on dating apps looking for someone special? The answer is C, one and a half, um, an hour and a half a day people spend on dating apps, (laughs) which is so crazy to me. Like, I guess I could see it, how people spend that much time. Um, I like to log in when I'm, let's be honest, I'm really bad at like, logging in every day um like because it's just a lot so I ideally in a perfect world I would log in for maybe 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the afternoon um that would be ideal for me or like towards the evening um because I just don't like to spend all day on the apps texty texty like I don't like that but they said people spend about an hour and a half every day like if you're just swiping 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 it's probably a mixture of swiping and messaging though but that's a lot of time y'all damn (laughs) that is a lot of time and if i'm just messaging back and forth with the person at some point if we're going back and forth for that long i'm just gonna give out my number but that's a lot of time y'all the answer is an hour and a half every day on dating apps all right guys now it's time for the quote of the day The quote of the day is, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. I'm telling you it's going to be worth it. I just love this because it's like, 
y'all dating is hard and it's so fucking ghetto oh my god and a lot of times we just kind of back out because it's like this is hard it's too much nobody said that dating is going to be easy some women get lucky and that's the frustrating part some women literally are walking down the street or they walk into their first college class or they're at church or they're at work or wherever and the man just pops up you know what i mean some people get lucky like that the rest of us, we got a date. Like, we got a date, and it just is what it is. And so and nobody said that it's going to be easy either. Um, so I don't like to spend time being frustrated um, and, you know, having thoughts that are unfulfilling to me. Like, I know what I want, and at the end of the day, yes, being on them apps all goddamn day, it is a lot of work, but I want the reward. I want the payoff. And I'm willing to work for that because it's going to be worth it, in my opinion. So I just love this quote because nobody said this was going to be easy, you know, finding love. And not only that, we don't just talk about finding love or dating. We talk about being good partners ourselves and working on our insides. And that shit is hard, too, but it's going to be worth it in the long run. All right, guys, now it's time for Goals and Goofies. So Facebook is adding a new feature. This is Goals, um, which I thought was pretty neat. They're adding um, virtual dating. So I ha- I've been saying for a while that I really want to give Facebook dating a try. I tried it out very briefly, but like I said before, I feel like it's important to only stick to one or two apps in order not to give yourself dating burnout. So I've been meaning to... Um, right now I'm doing Hinge and Tinder, um, but I've been meaning to drop one of those and just go ahead and do Facebook dating. But um, one of my listeners actually reached out a few weeks ago and said that her and her friend um, met the guys they're talking to on Facebook dating. So, I mean, Facebook dating is it's a dating app just like everything else. It is um, separate. You use your account, but they can't see anything on your account. It is separate. Um, so you will get alerts. Um, notifications in your notification area that will tell you, you know, you have 20 new likes or whatever the case may be, but then it switches you to another side um, of the platform so you can go through the dating app site. So um, I've been meaning to do it, but I haven't yet. Um, But basically they are adding a virtual dating option, kind of similar to how in-app on Hinge, you can now FaceTime people and call people. Due to the pandemic, Facebook just decided that they're going to give people the option to video chat. So they are a little bit behind because I guess eHarmony and Match also offer this option. And like I said, Hinge has um, started offering video call as well. But um, I thought that that was pretty neat that they were, you know, kind of getting with the times or whatever um, and giving people the option to go ahead and just date virtually. Um, Some people, you know, definitely still have concerns about going out and meeting up. And now that people are getting vaccinated, (laughs) some people are not about that vaccination life. Um, And you know what I mean? It's still a little bit complicated and just up to what people are comfortable with. So um, I thought that this was cool. And, you know, if I don't know, I feel like I should just go ahead and like start doing Facebook dating like next week because I really, really want to test it out. But if you guys have like some interesting stories from Facebook dating, hit me up and let me know. But so far, two people have said that they have had success. So we will see what is to come with Facebook dating and their new virtual dating part. All right, y'all, now it's time for Goofies. And not only is this some fuck shit, it's some personal fuck shit. So Goofies this week 
is one of my um, almost April challenge dates. <laughs> and y'all about to find out exactly what happened. So long story short, I connected with this guy. I think this one I talked to on Tinder. And, you know, we chit-chatted a little bit. Um, once it was like, once April was halfway over, I was kind of pressed. And I'm just like, shit, I got to get this date challenge done. So guys that I had been having conversations with, and like I said, I'm really bad at following up on dating apps. So it, a week had gone by or two. And so like this particular guy, we had a good conversation on the app or whatever. So I'm just like, um, you know, hey, can we just, you know, my bad that I've fallen off. Can we just, you know um, exchange numbers and go from there. So of course, you know, men are not going to turn you down. <laughs> so he was like, yeah, it's fine. Cause it had been like a week or two since I responded. So we chatted a little bit via text and then he was just like, okay, well, you know, I want to go out, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, he asked me what my schedule was like, what's the best days to link so we can go out. And so I said, you know, Hey, shoot me a quick call so we can set something up. So he calls me. We talk on the phone for about 15 minutes. Um, the phone call was pretty cool. Um, I felt like he uh, had a, a little bit of a hang up or whatever um, because I had said something like we were joking about the Dark Knight on the app or whatever. And he had said something and I didn't agree with it, like just about the movie, like something silly or whatever. So we're going to find, I was like, yeah, I got to drag you about your comments about the movie. And he was like, you ain't going to drag me. I don't know about that. So I was just like, mm, it, it was, I was, I was a little off put um, because I was just like, I, like, I don't know. It, it wasn't anything to take offense to, um, but it was just something really small. And I just, you know, I, I, I kept that in my mental notes. Um, but the other part of it is like, I be swiping sometimes. And just like I said before, my, my concept on dating apps sometimes is just, can I sit across from you for an hour and a half? Like, that's it. So it's not a big to do for me. Um, when I went back and read his profile, there were some things that stuck out to me. And let me just read them now. His profile said, talked about how he's a business owner, um, but he's also an investor. He's a firefighter. He had pictures of him like doing his firefighter stuff. He said, no flashy lifestyle as of yet. So if you're looking for that, I'm not your guy as of yet. I'm looking for someone I can enjoy sharing my time with, not interested in trans women, which one of my listeners had commented on this, how men are like on dating apps are like going out of their way to be like transphobic. And it's just like, okay. Um, so that was already like, uh, all right. Um, I don't, he said, I don't have any children and prefer women with none as well. No platonic friendships, five foot six. And then he puts in stars. I'm masculine in my views. No interested in not for the weak women. So he put not for the weak in quotations. No interest in not for the weak women. So I'm already getting um, Napoleon complex. Because <laughs> I'm just like, and I'm only 5'2", y'all. So I don't mind dating y'all. Some of y'all going to hear 4'6 and be like, what? <laughs> I'm only 5'2". So I, the height thing doesn't matter to me. But um, the... The ego and the energy does. So the fact that you, he, he's saying, you know, I'm masculine in my views. Like, what the fuck does that mean? 
But um, yeah, so there was already a little bit of concerns there, but fuck it. I said I'm doing this dating challenge. I don't turn down a challenge, okay? Y'all put me up to the task and I was going to do that shit. So I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to just go out and just probably not talk to him again. So um, like I said, we got on the phone and he kind of said that. So I'm already starting to set up my, my mental profile of him because I'm just like, yeah, all right. He got this whole machismo thing going on, on his, on his page. And then I made a comment like, oh yeah, I got to drag you about da, 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 da. And he kind of like, he, I, it, it was, it, it seemed a little fragile, you know what I mean? His response. But again, this was just a very, it was just a comment he made in passing. So I was like, mental note, whatever. So date was supposed to be planned for Saturday because my first date was on Friday. So I talked to him Wednesday. And so my first date was on Friday. My other date with him was supposed to be on Saturday. So I get back home from my Friday date and about 10 o'clock he texts me and he says, what are you up to? Now I'm annoyed because it's like, I just got home from my one day. I'm ready to, you know, unwind, get in the bed. We're supposed to be going out tomorrow. So why are you even texting me at 10 o'clock? Like, I'm hoping, I know it's going to be some bullshit. I just knew it's going to be some bullshit. And I'm hope, I was hoping that it was not like, oh, can we get on FaceTime? Or, oh, I just wanted to talk to you before the date. Like, I'll just see you tomorrow, my nigga. Like, I was just like, you know, I wasn't interested in talking at all. I had already been on one day i was peopled out for the day so i'm just like whatever so he said hey what are you up to i said hey getting some emails out before unwinding i didn't ask him what he was up to because i didn't care because i didn't want to talk to him right then i will see you tomorrow so he said okay cool hey i had a last minute idea of grilling tomorrow was wondering if you would be interested in coming over we could still link first but probably not hit up a spot to eat if you're down so I had taken about 30 minutes to send my text because, again, making it very obvious I'm not interested in talking. Um, and so he sent that at about 11.05 p.m. I don't like texting men that I'm not, like, talking to, talking to, like, super late. Um, and so at that point, it was already late. So I just was like, I'm about to get in the bed. I was really tired. I got in the bed at, like, I don't go to bed early. I got in the bed at, like, 11.30. <laughs> like, so I saw the text, but I'm just like, whatever, I'll respond in the morning because it was late, in my opinion. And so he texts me bright and early at 8 a.m. Mind you, I have not responded and say good morning. And so I responded about maybe 30 minutes later and I say, good morning. I said, grilling is a good idea. Let's just save it for another time. And I sent the sun, like a sun emoji. So the reason that I did it like that is because I have told y'all before, one thing men are going to do is fucking try it. Of course, they want to do, you know, come over and chill and try to, you know, get you to come over to their house and stuff like that. They're going to try to find creative ways to um, get you over to their place or not have to spend as much money or not have to, you know, do the big to do that is a date. Like, I said this a long time ago, but if a man knows that you would have busted open for some Chick-fil-A and chill, he is going to be pissed the fuck off if he took you out to McCormick and you already was going to fuck for less. Like with men, they put value on dating um, and spending, which is why there was this big old thing with Screenshot Friday about pre-dates. This is why I don't do pre-dates. You going to spend some shit. I'm still not fucking for McCormick, but you going to spend some shit, okay? <laughs> so, um, you know, men just put value on shit. And that's why for me, when I'm dating, it's just important that you show me 
how much you care and how much you value me by taking me out, taking me out on dates and taking me out on nicely planned dates because men will try it. They will. And so it's like, and, and that's the thing. They have been in situations. I get that dating is a financial burden for men. And so they are going to see if they can get away with not spending the big bucks, especially if a woman, and, and that's not, it's, this is not a slut shaming thing, but just they would rather get a return on their investment, but put in a low investment. So if they know that, you know what I'm saying, you're going to hook up for less, then they're just like, why not try it and see? The worst she could say is no, and I still have to take her out, you know? So I'm, I don't, a lot of women get pissed off when men try it. I don't because they're going to try it. And, and I get it. Again, it's a risk for them. Going on dates and spending money is a risk for them because they might not get a return on investment, which nine times out of 10 is sex. <laughs> you know what I mean? But some men just feel like they're not going to get a ROI. And so I do get why dating is such a thing for men and such a big deal. Um, so I don't get mad. And I really encourage women, even though I'm about to tell y'all what fuck shit occurred. Um, I really encourage women not to like completely have a meltdown because a man asks you to come and chill. He he asks, all you have to do is say no. And you don't have to say, how dare you think that I'm going to come over your house and I've never met you before. It don't have to be all of that, y'all. Like it really, really don't have to be all of that. So I just kept it real cute and sweet, short and simple. And I just said, oh, grilling's a great idea. Let's just do it another time. So there are so many ways to do this without being all, how dare you? (laughs) Now, I'm about to get into some shit. So he responds. Yeah, I understand that. I was more so informing you I was going to be grilling today. So that's my fault on how I typed it. But yeah, I get wanting to go out first. I think happy hour is from three to six at, he says, where the restaurant is. And says, so we're still good for there. <laughs> so let me tell y'all why this pissed me off. Um, First of all, I was just more so informing you. So that's my fault on how I typed it. You said what the fuck you said, period. You literally asked me, let me repeat what his original message was. Last minute idea of grilling tomorrow, wondering if you would be interested in coming over. He literally asked me if I wanted to come over, verbatim. Instead, I was more so informing you. My bad on how I typed it. Like, the thing is, take your L, buddy. You try. You put it out there. And I said no. And I said no very nicely. Like, I thought I was proud of myself with that response. So it's like, you put it out there. And I said no. And it just was what it was. So now, like, now he's trying to save face. But again, ladies, the men's are going to try it. It is what it is. I was just like, whatever. You know, men always gonna scurry and try to make what when you put your foot down, like men will try to scurry and just make it seem like, oh, it wasn't even like that. Or, you know, men love to say, oh, they like to like put something sexual in the atmosphere and then say, oh, I was just joking. Like, they be trying it, y'all. They be trying it. And I know it. And I expected him, him to scramble to make up for the fact that I wasn't with his little offer. That wasn't what pissed me off, though. What pissed me off was happy hour is from three to six at the restaurant. So we're still good to go from there. Now, when I had talked to him two days before, we had agreed, let's do dinner at five. And so I was cool with that. I was like, okay, cool. Dinner at five. So for me to turn you down about this little grilling thing in a nice way, and then you to turn around and say happy hours from three to six, what the fuck does happy hour being from three to six got to do with me? 
it's it's the tackiness for me. This has nothing to do with me. I wasn't paying for dinner. I wasn't paying for this. So why does it matter? Why are you informing me about happy hour? To me, it felt like he was trying to put me in my place or whatever. And it felt like he was trying to um, basically imply, I'm not spending that much money on you anyway. So that's fine that you don't want to come over. That's how it felt like to me. I feel like he was trying to humble me. And I was just like, I just, I just don't understand why you're telling me what time happy hour is. Now, if I got there and I found out, oh, he planned our date during the time of happy hour, I wouldn't have tripped out about it at all. Like... But what does that have to do with me? Why are you telling me that happy hour is about to happen during our date? I'm just so, I just, this is at nine o'clock that morning, the morning of the date. And so I'm just like, it just wasn't sitting right with me because I'm just like, I don't fuck with the fact that you, you put this out there. Cause it just kind of seemed like, like I said, just kind of seemed like he was lashing out because I said that I didn't want to come over. And it was just kind of like, that's fine. We're going to happy hour anyway. Basically I spending that much money on you anyway. So whatever. So I said, yeah, sounds cool. Okay, so we're still on for dinner at five. And he said, yes, we're still a go for five. Because that's my whole thing. Like, I just don't understand why you felt the need to bring up the fact that it's happy hour and why you're informing me of this. I'm not paying for this date. So why are you giving me this information? Whatever. So I had most of the morning to think about it, (laughs) y'all. And at this point, I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty turned off at this point. Cause I just felt like it was, it was tacky. So I texted him at about two o'clock and I said, Hey, mind if we move the reservation back to six? Because first of all, I was confusion on why <laughs> he felt the need to emphasize three to five is happy hour or three to six is happy hour. But also I was just like, can we move the time back an hour? So can we move back our reservation? And so he said, hey, that may not work. I made plans for around seven. Can you do earlier or do you need to reschedule? (laughs) Y'all. Y'all, what the fuck? So this is what pissed me off. Again, just all the pissing off at this point. I knew he had some sort of hang up with this whole happy hour thing. And so my whole thing is, And if we push it back an hour, if it's not happy hour, then what? There was clearly something else going on. And so I'm just like, let's push it back an hour. Let's just, you know what I mean? Like, because I'm not, like, one of my friends was like, why don't you just ask him why he brought up the happy hour thing? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to ask him because he's going to make up some bullshit. I'm going to make him tell me. So I'm going to ask him to move back the time to six o'clock and just see what he does. I would still have gone on the date if he had just said, okay, six o'clock is cool. I would have still have gone. Even though he was irritating me, I would still have gone on the date at six o'clock. If that was his response. But his response was, I make plans for around seven. Can you do earlier or do you need to reschedule? So two things about this two sentence message, y'all. I make plans for around seven. So we were going on a date at five o'clock. You make plans for seven o'clock. First of all, what the fuck sense does that make? Were you going to be heading out at 6.30? Like, did you only, like, am, I didn't know that I was on a fucking time frame at this point. Like, what? why would you book dates so closely together? He needs to listen to my episode on roster dating. Like, I almost sent him my episode. Like, because it's like, this is not how you roster date at all. I don't give a fuck if he was meeting his grandma at seven o'clock. Why would you plan something so closely together? That doesn't make sense. And the second part of it is, I didn't know that you had plans. I wasn't aware that you had plans. So for you to turn around and say, 
can you do earlier or do you need to reschedule? What he was doing, peep game, y'all, he was trying to flip it on me so that if we didn't go out that night, it was because of me, not because of him. No, my guy, you planned something immediately after our date. And then I wasn't aware of it. It's not like we planned the date and he said, hey, I have this really important thing to do at seven o'clock. Can we do five? But it's going to need to be five because I got something to do at seven. If we had planned the date with that intention and this was information I was aware of, that would be different. No, this whack ass nigga is trying to be a player and wants to sit up here and book his dates back to back to back with no fucking sense. Like, why would you book something at seven o'clock and you're going out with me at five? Like, it still doesn't make sense. And then you're going to say, do I need to reschedule? It's the lack of accountability for me. You made plans, not me. All I asked was for you to move it back to six o'clock. That's all I asked for you to do. And do I need to reschedule? At this point, I was just in it for shits and giggles because I had a point to prove at this point. Because what you're not going to do is sit up here and play the victim and sit up here and act like it's my fault that we're not going out. No, you're a fucking clown and you plan some shit back to back and you don't have any accountability for your own behavior. So you're trying to flip it on me. That shit is corny as fuck. Y'all, I was furious, fucking furious. So I just respond. I'm like, I have different tactics on how I handle things. I just decided to play low here because the thing is, like I said, I had a point to prove. So I said, well, I don't need to reschedule. My evening was open for our date. Just needed to push it back a bit, but I didn't know you had a time limit and you were on a tight schedule. Understood. Because that's the thing. His whole goal was to make it seem like this was my fault that we weren't going out. Like, and if I can't, and that's another thing. It's like, why are we working around your time frame? Again, you didn't give me this information that you had some shit to do at seven. I don't, like I said, I don't give a fuck if he had another date or not. I don't care what he had to do. Because see, me, I also planned on meeting up with another guy that night in the same area. Like, I was already on the apps finding someone to just, like, meet up to hang out with that night afterwards. Because I had already had not-so-great feelings about this dude, but I was just trying to get it out the way. And I was going to have another guy meet up with me at 8 or 9 in the same area. This is how you roster date, okay? You have to put at least three hours. Because first of all, people be late. And second of all, you got to get to your next location. Like, it's just simple logistics. But you want to be all cool and playing something at 7 o'clock. And let's just bring up. So my friend was like, well, he was just being cheap. Maybe he didn't have anything to do, you know, at 7. He was just being cheap and just didn't want to do something outside of happy hour. Again, don't care because it's the do you need to reschedule for me. That was really the coffin. There were multiple things that happened in this text conversation that was just the nail in the coffin. But do you need to reschedule? All he had to say was, can I reschedule? I scheduled something for right after our day. Do you mind if I reschedule if, unless you can do earlier? Or can we reschedule? But saying, do you need to reschedule like it's my fault? Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. And so after I said this piece, he basically realized that I'm not here for the bullshit and was like, can you talk right now? He said, no, he said, can you, are you free to FaceTime right now? And so I'm like, all right, whatever. So I was like, give me a couple minutes. I'm running errands. Because at this point, now you busted. Because you literally sat up here and tried to make it seem like it's my fault that you need to reschedule. Not I. You need to reschedule. <sighs> Blown, y'all. Blown. 
So um, I ended up FaceTiming him and I'm just like, so what's up? And so he's like, oh, well, hey, what are you doing? Da, da, da. I said, I'm running errands. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. He's like, oh, okay. So I'm like, so what's up? Basically, why are we on the phone? You already acknowledged that you have something to do with seven. I already told you I needed to push the time back. It is what it is. What like So what's up? And so he's like, um, oh, well, I just wanted to see if, you know, we could like work something out for, oh, no, no, no. That's not the first thing he said. The first thing he said was he apologized for um, scheduling something back to back. And so I just let him talk. Y'all, there is such power in just letting men talk when they on bullshit. Like, I just let him talk for a good two or three minutes. And I'm just like, okay. Like, I, I don't know what you want me to tell you at this point. Oh, I'm sorry. I booked something back to back. Ew. Like, it was just, oh, I just had such the ick. Like, just disgusting. Like, oh, no, it's fine. I understand you have stuff. No, I don't give a fuck what you got going on. You know you wrong. I don't give a fuck about this apology. Like, so he was like, um, I was just like, okay, you don't want to make plans. So, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I apologize for that. Okay. All right. So, so what are we here for? So he tried to reschedule our date right then and there. And so I'm just like, let me know. Let me know when you're free. But I mean, I had zero intentions of going out with him. <laughs> so like I said, I was just trying to prove a point at this point. Um, and so I'm just giving him BS while he's trying to reschedule. So then I'm like, okay, like, are we done now? Like, I was like, is there a reason you wanted to FaceTime me? I have a strong feeling, y'all. The only reason he wanted to FaceTime is because he wanted to see where I was. He wanted to see if I, I'm not you. He wanted to see if I was running behind because I was already out with somebody else. I'm not a corny bitch. Like, and if I was, so the fuck what? I just would have told you, no, I can't FaceTime. But I have a strong feeling because I'm like, is there a reason that we needed to FaceTime? Like, why couldn't we have just talked on the phone? You know what I mean? And he said again, oh, well, I just wanted to see if we could work something out. And I was like, we don't have to work anything out. I'm good for six o'clock. I've always been good for six o'clock. You're the one who made plans. I wasn't aware you had plans. That's on you. If you want to work your shit out. And so I said that part in jest, like, if you want to figure out your plans and let me know, like, I was just saying that in jest, but he took me serious. And so he was like, oh yeah, well, I guess I could, you know, like try to figure out my plans and get back to you to see if we, and I said, oh no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like I had I just said that because I was being flippant, but I was not serious at all. And I was like, do not go and try to fix your plans and try to come back to me with a new schedule. I, there's no need to do that. You don't have to move shit around for me. I'm good. So at this point he tries to reschedule the date again. And I was just like, you let me know. Like, I was just giving bullshit because, like I said, I had no interest in going out, going out with him. So, at this point, he's just like, oh, okay, well, right? Because now you feel stupid. And so, he's just like, all right, well. I was like, all right, so we're good. And he was like, yeah, I guess so. I was like, all right, bye. Hung up the phone. So, that was Saturday. <laughs> and um, he texts me on Monday. He texts me on Wednesday. Texts me again on Wednesday. This dude tried to add me on Facebook. Facebook, I actually just gave them goals, but I forgot that Facebook is the fucking ops also. Because you know, if people have your number, they sometimes show up in people you may know on Facebook. And so I must have shown up because he, he didn't know my last name. So I must have shown up um on there because he added me on facebook like or, no i still think he would have had to search for me 
like because the timing of him texting me one of those days was right when he added me on Facebook. So he must have searched for me in some way, shape, or form. But I was just so fucking like blown by this whole situation. Goofy as fuck. You really tried to make it seem like it was my fault. Like, do you need to reschedule? Not we, not I, not me, the person who has plans and who made plans for right after this date. But y'all, the full story here is all of this, and this is the important part that I'm sure y'all were waiting for me to get to. Where was these seven o'clock plans when you asked me to go come over your house last night? Where were these plans at? Where? All of a sudden, I don't want to come over this morning. I tell you, hey, grilling's cool, but let's do it another time. Now, all of a sudden, well, we going to happy hour anyway. Oh, well, we I can't do six because I got something to do at seven. Now, all of this is retaliation, y'all. And this is some little boy ass shit. This man is grown. He is 29. <laughs> this is a grown ass man. All of this is retaliation because he felt rejected because I didn't want to come over his house. That's all this was, period. And it's corny as fuck and it's goofy as fuck because it's just like, you tried it. I said, no, keep it pushing, my guy. But sitting here trying to humble me because I don't want to come over to your funky ass house. Oh, get out of here. Y'all, <laughs> I was very, very upset about the situation. I actually ended up blocking him because you're not going to keep trying to at me and look at the shit I got going on. Like, and I'm sure I'm, my show was in the um the link on like the bio of my Facebook page. So I hope he listens to my show. Like, I hope he has found the link. I told y'all before that I don't let men like at me on socials when it's too early because I don't want them finding out about the show. But he, honestly, he needed the smoke because this is some absolute fucking bullshit. But I did beat my dating challenge. The guy that I went out on Friday, I went out with again that next week because y'all didn't say I couldn't date two guys. So goes for me. <laughs> so yeah, that was goofies. That was my own little personal situation. It was some ghetto shit, but I just there were a lot of examples in that situation that I wanted to talk about. So I felt like it was a good story for y'all to know. But really, this was just an immature ass little boy that was upset that I didn't want to come over and chill. So, goofies. All right, guys. Now it's time for our main segment. I am super excited about this. I knew for a long time I wanted to do a movie review episode. Um, these two movies that I am reviewing are, um, if you couldn't tell from the title, He's just not that into you and think like a man. So I try to do this little blend <laughs> of titles, <laughs> but whatever. He's just not that into you and think like a man are the movies. Um, for those of you have who have not seen these movies, please watch them. There will be spoilers. I repeat, there will be spoilers. So go ahead and skip this segment um, if you have not seen them yet and you plan to watch them. He's just not that into you came out in 2007. And I think Think Like a Man came out in 2012. So damn near a decade ish old so you should have seen them or at least one of them um and also both of them were books first um I actually have had he's just not that into you in my Amazon cart for like five years <laughs> like I have had that book in my cart for so long I have just not gotten it and I have just been meaning to buy it um but I am going to walk through major plot points of these movies not specifically the books the movies themselves um and I'm gonna give my commentary so first of all we'll start off with he's just not that into you 
The movie is set in Baltimore and it basically follows the lives of 20 and 30 somethings navigating singleness, dating, and marriage. And all these people are white, so <laughs> the fact that it's in Baltimore means nothing. Um, the movie starts off with a banger. Like at the beginning, it shows this little girl crying to her mom. She was being teased by a little boy. And the mom says, He's just doing that stuff because he likes you. And she says, that's it. Basically, this is where the mess for women starts. This is what the narrator says. She was like, from childhood, we've been indoctrinated to believe that men being mean and doing mean things to us is because they have a crush or they like us. When the truth is that they are really just not that into us. This is the first like two minutes of the movie. And I would just tell y'all now, I am such a stand for this movie. Um, it just starts off with such a truth bomb. Like, they set up the concept really from the get-go. And so, from that moment, I was hooked. I was like, okay, okay, I see where y'all going. So, um, Gigi is the central character. She's just quirky and cute and fun. Um... But from the beginning, like, she's a super overthinker. So she went out on a date with this guy, Connor. And on the date, she was just so concerned about what he thought about her. And, like, she was kind of moving mad. So, like, her self-esteem was kind of hanging on to, like, what he was about to do. Like, it just seemed like she really needed his approval on the date. Like, when the waiter came and asked if they wanted to do a second round of drinks, like, she just she just made it too heavy like it was just too much pressure from the jump um and you'll have to watch that scene but it, i i get why connor was kind of like huh <laughs> like Gigi just was overthinking the situation so connor does not call Gigi, and the days following the date Gigi obsesses about this she was expecting to hear back from him and he never calls so she just drags on and on about why he didn't call and it's like, for me, I I totally get this because it's like, damn, why didn't he call me? You know what I mean? When you think a date went well, um, even if there was nothing particularly like amazing, it's like, well, he still didn't call me, you know? Um, but I also don't be acting all crazy. Gigi ass decided to pop up at the bar that she knows that Connor hangs out at. And she runs into this guy, Alex, who was the manager at the bar. And Alex or is actually one of Connor's buddies. And Alex gives it to Gigi straight. Seemed like a cool girl, so I'm just gonna be honest with you. Connor's never gonna call you. Oh, really? How do you know? Because I'm a guy, and it's just how we do it. He said it was nice meeting me. I don't, I don't care if he said you were his favorite female since his mommy and Joni Cunningham. Over a week went by, okay, Gigi? And he didn't call you. But maybe he did call and I didn't get the message. Or maybe he lost my number or is out of town, or got hit by a cab, or his grandma died? Or maybe you just didn't call because he has no interest in seeing you again. Yeah, but my friend Terry once went out with a guy who never called. She totally wrote him off. Over a year goes by. Right. And she ran into him, and it ended up that they- Yo, Your friend Terry's an idiot, and she's also the exception, by the way, the rare exception. Okay, okay, but what if I'm the exception? No, you're not, you're not at all. In fact, you're the rule. And the rule is this, if a guy doesn't call you, he doesn't want to call you. Really? Yeah. Always. Yeah, always. Look, I know what blowing off a woman looks like, okay? I do it early, I do it often. So trust me when I say, if a guy is treating you like he doesn't give a shit, he genuinely doesn't give a shit. No exceptions. This is a hundred. 
thousand percent true. Like, in my opinion, this is one of the hardest pills to swallow sometimes. I have been in like situationships and just in situations where I just made all these fucking excuses about why a man wasn't pulling up on me the way I felt that he should. Just calling and texting regularly is the bare minimum. And the hard truth is, if he wanted to, he would. And I, y'all have heard me, if y'all listen to every episode up until this point, you have actually heard me repeat this concept before. If a man wanted to do it, he would. It's a very simple concept that just, we don't like to swallow sometimes. Like, and there's been times I was Gigi. I say this all the time. I was a Gigi ass bitch for a long time. <laughs> like, I was just like, so such a hopeless romantic and just oh well maybe something happened like i used to make all these excuses like she did i and i said this in the ghosting episode like y'all have heard me say this like in the ghosting episode i was talking about like maybe he didn't hit me back because like he died or something you know what i mean like i have done the gg thing and just being like well maybe this happened or maybe that happened he didn't call because he didn't want to that is it and that shit sucks y'all it's so hard to swallow it's such a hard pill but if this movie got anything right, it was this fucking scene. Cold and brutal truth. Cold and brutal truth. He didn't because he didn't want to. And so when I find myself confused or questioning like a situation, I usually just fall with this logic, you know? And that's another thing. Like a man who's interested in you is not going to want you to feel confused. He is going to want you to know without a shadow of a doubt, I am into you. I want to be with you. And I want to make sure you and these other men know that. Like he's going to make sure he is stating his claim. And when you're in a situation where a guy is leaving you confused or you have questions, he's lacking clarity. Like back to the, what are we episode? It, Ain't enough scared or nervous to stop a man from doing a thing and making his mark. Or when he does have you, but he's not doing the shit to keep you. You know what I mean? Like, this is all about that accountability piece I like to talk about. He's saying one thing, but how many times did it take? does it take a man to show us? Like, he seriously just doesn't fuck with you like that. You know what I mean? You telling me one thing, but you're doing another. Like, I deserve it all. Like, everything. And I'm coming for it all. But when a man knows he wants you, he will stop at nothing. It's just true. He will make it known. And I know it's hard, but, like, we got to stop waiting by the phone. Like, go be busy and don't overthink shit. But it happens when I tell y'all this was me for so many years. I say this all the time. I do not have this show because my dating life was perfect or I didn't make mistakes. I have this show because I made these mistakes. Like, I know I know exactly how Gigi was feeling. I wouldn't have popped up at that man's spot or whatever. But you know what I mean? There's definitely been times where, like, I've aligned myself with, the friend of a guy like maybe we've had a mutual friend and i'm just like well they invited me to happy hour i wonder if so-and-so is going to be there let me make sure i'm extra just just in case i see him now i didn't stage this run-in but i also was very mindful of oh if i see him i gotta be on it you know what i mean so it's just like been here done that it's not the move if he wanted to he would meanwhile connor who Gigi is all obsessed over, is also dating Anna, who he is very pressed about. 
And y'all, Anna don't give a hot damn about this man. He is basically just her boy toy. They don't even be fucking at this point anymore. Anna is played by Scarlett Johansson, by the way. Like, she was just such a bad bitch in this movie. Like, I love her. Um, But she runs into a married guy, Ben. And she struggles with whether she should continue to connect with him. And Ben is played by um, Bradley Cooper. And I just love this movie because it is very... Actually, both these movies are star-studded cast, y'all. So, Connor don't even give a damn about Gigi. But he's messing with Anna, who don't give a damn about him. And Anna got her head up this married man's ass, basically. So, just a hot mess. Um, Neil and Beth who was played by Ben Affleck and Jennifer Aniston. They've been together for seven years. Beth is ready to get married. She keeps bringing it up very passive-aggressively. And Neil has convinced her that marriage is just a piece of paper. And she concedes. But it's so obvious that she still wants to get married. Um, My thing is, like... She just was not being honest with herself here and owning up to her needs. When her sister got engaged after two years of dating, like that really triggered her. She felt some type of way, but she kept trying to convince herself and she was being convinced by Neil that her situation was cool. And to be clear, marriage is not a piece of paper. Like, ugh, money is a piece of paper. A deed to a house is a piece of paper. Like a car, what's the thing? What's the car vehicle thing? That thing that I got because I paid my car off. That shit is a piece of paper, okay? And all that shit is very, very important. So let's not sit up here and play about this whole like you don't have to believe in the institution of marriage, but let's not downplay marriage. Like it's just a piece of paper. But that's what Neil was doing. He was basically gaslighting her and just like, we have this love. You know, we we're doing better than all the married people that we know, you know, and we're not married. What what's the big deal? For me, I give the opposite thing. Marriage licenses are 20 to 40. Y'all, I'm a wedding planner. Marriage licenses are 20 to $40 in most states. Like, they're not that expensive. You don't have to do a big shebang. You set up a meeting with the justice of the peace. You go in there for 15 minutes and you call it a day. You don't have to get dressed. You don't have to go to dinner after. You don't have to do anything. I know people who literally went in and went back home and watched TV. Like, that's it. That's it. And from my other field, I'm in insurance. Like, that shit matters. As soon as something happens to somebody, the first thing we say is, are they married and do they have dependents? But let me not go on that tangent. Anyways, I say this often, it's a legal institution before it was a religious or a romantic one. And that's the shit that matters um, with marriage just being quote unquote, a piece of paper. That matters. Like who gets to pull the plug on you if you're not married? You know what I mean? It's not going to be your spouse. And what if your or your partner? And what if your partner doesn't agree or doesn't have a good relationship with your parents? That sort of shit. Nobody wants to think about that, but that matters. But anyways, um, my whole thing with Beth was just like people should not be entertaining relationships when you know you aren't compatible. I am curious on how long she knew that he wasn't interested in marriage, but it's been seven years, sis, like, and she just keep being passive aggressive about it. And it's just like, at the end of the day, own up to your needs and be accountable for what you want, you know? And I know for one, I'll just give an example. I don't want a man with kids. On occasion, I will meet somebody's fine ass baby daddy on an app and I will entertain it. But for me, like it always ends up the same because I know what I want. And if I'm having an honest conversation with myself, if I'm being honest with Jasmine 
entertaining men with kids is a waste of time because I know for a fact that that's not what I want. And so the important takeaway here was just be honest with yourself, even if it's hard. Like, obviously, they've been together a long ass time. But like one of my favorite points was regarding Neil and Beth's situation was men will say that they don't want marriage, <laughs> but then end up married to the next girl six months later. I have not done an episode on placeholders yet. Um and oh my gosh, I just did a virtual happy hour with someone last week. And she was like, I am always the woman before the wife. Like, and so I'm going to do a full blowout episode of this. I'll try to fit it into season two about placeholders and how to spot the signs of if you are a placeholder. Um, but yeah, it, it, I have seen it happen before. Well, a man will be with a woman for years and years and years, and he will marry that next girl within an instant. But we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> and, and I have been in that situation too. I've been the woman before the wife on a few occasions and that shit hurts. You know what I mean? But this just goes back into like, if he wanted to, he would. Like, that's just it. If he wanted to, he would. You don't have to drag it out and make all these excuses. Like, I am hell bent at this point on dating men who are healed and who are whole and men who actually want me. As mentioned before, Men who value you and truly want you are going to make those necessary moves and they're going to make sure you and the rest of the world knows this is my girl. So back to Gigi. Gigi is out with Janine. Janine is the wife of the philandering Ben, the one that Anna's all obsessed with. So this man at happy hour flirts with Gigi and he said he would love to call her and he gives her his card and takes her card. He says he's looking forward to meeting her and then he starts to leave. <laughs> now, mind you, Gigi just got hip to a little bit of game. And so Gigi immediately is not here for his vagueness. And she want to know, okay, who's hearing from who? <laughs> and like, as an overthinker, I very much, again, relate to Gigi. She's like, are you going to call me or do I call you? Because we've exchanged cards, but you said you would love to give me a call. Like, who's doing the calling? <laughs> like, I can't be mad. Gigi was me. <laughs> so this man says some other vague shit and was like, Oh, we'll talk. We'll be in touch. Like, he was absolutely bullshitting. And Gigi peeped. Like, she tore his card up when he walked away and said, if he wants to hear from me, he will reach out. Let's fucking go, Gigi. She was spot on. But the problem is, Gigi just learned this and she has not, she learned the concept, but she had not accepted the concept yet. So she folded it pretty quickly. She understood it. She just wasn't ready to accept it. So I think in the next scene, she was like sitting by the phone, sitting by the phone. And at one point she just puts together the scraps of paper, like of his torn up business card. Ugh. It's just so funny. It's so funny the way that Gigi was acting, but as women, not as extreme as that, but we do this. We know a man is bullshitting for whatever reason, and we just want to put on a red nose and be fucking bozo. <laughs> like I said, I just related to her so much. I wasn't like this thirsty or desperate, but I sure as hell was left confused a lot, especially when men were vague. And now I know better, but I get why she got so confused. Like, you said you're going to call me, but then you said you're looking forward to hearing from me. So which is it? Like, I'm, I am confusion, but that's the thing. I just said this. All that confusion is bullshit. If a man is interested, he, he will not have you just confused. Like, shit like this, this guy that I almost went out with from Goofies, like, all this confusion, and I didn't mean to say that, and nah, 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 nah. I just don't have time for it at all. 
So Gigi continues to strike out in her dating life. She keeps running to Alex, the bartender, like basically so she can get advice from him or whatever. And he's giving it to her straight about these guys' intentions. So one guy she's hooking up with says he's going out of town and that she won't be able to reach him for the next couple of weeks or for that that week or whatever. So she calls Alex and Alex calls her, calls the bullshit and says, where is he going that he can't call you? And Gigi acknowledges that he's right. And like, it doesn't make sense where like, hell, I don't know what's, what's that probably didn't exist in 2007, but still, <laughs> um, but we know that this is bullshit either way. And Gigi acknowledges that he's right. And she says, what is one of my favorite lines from this movie? What's going on? Okay. I'm making out with this guy, a uh, PG stuff. And he mentions that he's going out of town. So he's going to be out of touch. Run. But maybe he is going out of town. To where? New Guinea? Where's he going? He's gonna be out of touch. Where are you going out of town to again? Um, uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Run. So what, now I'm just supposed to run from every guy who doesn't like me? Uh, yeah. There's not gonna be anybody left. Y'all, this line cracks me up to this day. Again, very, very relatable. It's like, damn, once you like accept the theory of this movie and you realize that it's pretty spot on about how men who are interested behave, you realize like, damn, it's a lot of dudes that like, that just did not fuck with me. You know what I mean? Like, it was a lot of dudes that just really were not into me like that. Like, who the fuck am I supposed to date now? <laughs> you know? So, like, again, Gigi just, she cracked me up. She was like, there's not going to be anybody left. And it's so sad. But, you know, this is when I say, you need to go back to episode 20 about roster dating. Like, and I have had to check myself about this. Do not date with a scarcity mindset. There are going to be men that like you. There are going to be people in general who like you, who fuck with you, who think you're interesting, who think you're sexy, whatever the case may be. Who wants to date someone who only sort of likes them? So I got what Gigi was saying and I got her moment of like, dang, don't none of these dudes be on, she she at that point that we be at a lot, like a lot of these dudes be on bullshit. Who am I supposed to date now? But we're not going to date with that mindset. We're going to date one of the abundance mindset and just acknowledge there's going to be people out there that fuck with us. So later on, Gigi um, gets more game from Alex. He says that he feels like the spark is bogus. He said men invented the spark um, and that women love drama and we love like this whole idea of, you know, this spark when we meet a man and that this is just bullshit that men create because then when they do stuff that we don't understand or that confuses us, we think that, oh, that's just the spark. And he says that women thrive on drama and that's why we wait until the last minute to do stuff like pay our bills. This concept, I don't agree with at all. <laughs> like when I say the spark, I mean compatibility. I'm usually talking about chemistry, but I actually, I don't use the word spark. I use the word chemistry. I'm talking about compatibility. I think that what he was getting at in this scene was men using the spark as a weapon about why they aren't calling and why they are creating space. Um, the general need for space is definitely a thing, but 
talking about it from that perspective, whereas men use it as a weapon to say, oh, you know, we just, I don't know if the spark is there. I just like, I need some time to, you know, make sure it is bullshit. So that he's right about this whole women thrive on drama. I just feel like this is so 2007. So I don't, I, I wasn't really rocking with Alex's advice at that point. And he said, we love drama. We love waiting to the last minute to do stuff. A bitch pay her bills on time, okay? I do be waiting to the last minute to do stuff, but, like, my shit be on time. So, yeah, whatever. Like, I will wait. Like, my bills are due on, like, my rent is due on the 5th. I will pay it on the 5th, but I'm not paying it on the 5th at 11.59. Like, he was like, that's why y'all always, like, wait to the last minute. I think that's bullshit. I don't thrive on drama in that sort of way. But at this point, Gigi is, like, hella frustrated, which is fair. Like, I've been frustrated lately, and I just started dating again after a few months. <laughs> so it's like, he does this wrap-up of, you know, if someone doesn't like you, oh, well, there's plenty of people out there who will. And that is the point I just made a minute ago. Women need to keep putting that in perspective date with an abundance mindset and even though there's certain things that Alice said that I'm just like yeah whatever like for the most part he was spot on and for a man it's different because men are so used to this rejection they're just like whatever the next girl will like me you know what I mean women need to date with that mindset now at this point Ben admits to cheating on Janine um his wife and he admit that he he admitted that he was fucking around on her with Anna um Janine feels guilty because she gave him an ultimatum. And he talks about that early in the movie. Um, basically, they have been dating for a couple years. And she said, either we're going to get married or we break up. Now, I have carried this specific takeaway with me over the years. And to be clear, I'm not excusing Ben's cheating. But I do not agree with giving ultimatums. Why do I have to twist your arm to get you to do some shit like commit your life to me forever? Like that YouTube um, and, or the influencer couple, Kadeen and Deval Ellis, they talk about this on their dead ass podcast. Um, I, I don't really fuck with the shit that Deval be saying sometimes about monogamy and all that stuff. Like it just don't set right with me. Um, and he talked about how they were already living together at that point. So I completely understood why KK was feeling like she needed to put her foot down. Um, and Deval was basically like, you pressured me, you pressured me. And it's just like, dude, share or get off the pot. You know what I mean? But I'm like, they're doing great now, obviously, but I'm just of the mindset, like, watching the situation play out with Janine and Ben in the movie, like, I'm not going to force you to marry me. Like, I'm not going to tell you, you have to marry me by this date. Like, I'm just not going to do it. Like, if that's the case, it is what it is. Um, Like, and I just, I personally would not feel right marrying someone that I had to damn near threaten because I feel like an ultimatum is a threat. I Like I said, I understand why Janine and, you know, Kadeen, like these women put their foots down. Definitely necessary. You love your partner, but, you know, it's time to make some moves. But, and also I haven't been dating anyone long enough to get to that marriage point. So I can absolutely concede to the marriage on this, but marriage doesn't seem like the kind of thing you should force on someone. Um... And I personally, at my big age, I'm packing my shit and leaving after two years. I am too old and too cute for this shit. I got eggs that need to be fucking cracked, okay? <laughs> like, two years. Yes, it. But I personally, I'm not here for the ultimatum shit. Like, I'm going to make it very clear my expectations from the beginning. If you don't want to do that, all right. I'll catch you later. 
But back to being being a cheating loser, like Janine actually tried to work it out and she admitted that they haven't been having sex for a long time. She blamed herself for not being enough and not doing enough. Um, and that shit was just sad. And then like Gigi was kind of like, you know, what's gonna happen next? Are you gonna leave him? And like typical married women shit, she she tried to put Gigi in her place. She's like, he's my husband, Gigi. He's not just some guy who didn't call me back. Like, bitch, your husband is a cheating tramp ass hoe. Like, Gigi was single and damn near didn't have a drop of sense sometimes. But she wasn't wrong about telling Janine that his his infidelity was not her fault. You know what I mean? But that's just, that's why one of the main plights that I have and one of the reasons I have this show is because, like, I don't have to be married to tell you that you deserve better. I've used that exact example to say you deserve better than not being cheated on. But whatever, Janine ends up finding out that Ben actually has been lying about some other shit. Um, And this is a good takeaway on women's intuition. Like, Ben lied to her face so many times about not smoking cigarettes anymore, which is a trigger for her because her daddy died of lung cancer. So she confronted her husband multiple times throughout the movie about smoking. She found cigarettes in random places. They were getting them home built and, you know, he was like, oh, we have all these people in out the house. But that's the thing. She kept accusing him because she knew his ass was the one doing it. She ended up accusing the house builders of leaving the cigarettes but even when she confronted the house builder the contractors the contractor was like no i don't do this and my guys don't do this she even knew at that point that it wasn't anybody but her trifling ass husband and so when he eventually confessed to cheating he still lied about the smoking like she was like so he admitted that he was cheating she was like i knew it and you've been smoking too haven't you oh my god y'all he was like what i've not been smoking he absolutely was the one smoking (laughs) just like a fucking scrub some men will take certain shit to the grave and it's just so gross even at that point he admitted to infidelity but could not tell her that he had broken her trust about the cigarettes thing and janine tried so hard to hold on to her marriage Um, But as I said before, infidelity is a character thing. He is a garbage human overall, which goes into why he was not honest about, he was honest about cheating, but was not honest about smoking cigarettes. So like, as women, we just need to trust our gut. Like many times when women suspect some fuckery was happening, they were right. Like, and I feel like I said this before, we are always looking for proof. Like we're always waiting on a sign, a text message, a DM. Like, I feel like sometimes women be wanting when it's like cheating and stuff, women be like wanting to walk in mid sex to prove like what we already knew. This is your sign, your gut, your spirit, your intuition, God, the universe. Somebody told you something was off. It don't have to be infidelity. It could just be like me and that guy from Goofies again. Like something told me something was off. Trust that. My first husband was uh, unimpressive. I found him in bed with his big breasted secretary when I came home early from the Maldives. It was just so unoriginal made me feel sorry for him. My second husband was a pinch more creative, uh, cheated on me with my sister, but uh, made me believe that I was insane for being suspicious. So at least some mind games, some intrigue. But my last husband, he was a gem. He was a veritable master at covering his tracks. I mean, I poured over his phone records. I intercepted his credit card bills. I had him fall numerous occasions and never found a single shred of evidence 
it, uh, it wasn't until he died that I finally found out about the property he owned with his Austrian mistress. But the real master, I have to say, is me. Three husbands, countless boyfriends. I haven't been caught yet. This had nothing to do with nothing. It's just one of my favorite clips because she's a fucking boss, okay? <laughs> Now, the movie goes on to a segment about Anna, who has now gone back to Connor. Now that the whole cheating situation has blown up, um, and she found she got put in a very bad situation, basically. Um, if you see, I, I won't even mention that part, but if you see the movie, it was really fucked up. Um, basically, he tried to work it out with his wife, and yeah, <laughs> that was definitely a cinematic moment. But at this point, she goes back to Connor and like Connor was the one that was always there and willing to do whatever. Like he was her constant rebound guy. Um, and after, you know, she gets played, she goes back to him, even though she's been dodging him or not or being inconsistent. He was not she was not consistent with him. Um, and this is just fucked up. Don't do this, y'all. Like we all have men that we know will bend hell and earth just to be with us, that we do not want. We don't want them. We like the convenience. We like the attention. We like the accessibility. It feels good. It feels good to know that someone, th there's always somebody in your chamber. You know what I mean? It's always somebody like, mm, okay, this dude I really like don't like me, but homeboy, all these three dudes on the bench, they fuck with me real bad and they would be pressed. So let me go ahead and put one of them out on the court. Even though I know I'm not here for it and I don't like them like that and I don't think they're going to do a good job, let me go ahead and put them back in the game. I get that it feels good, you know what I mean, for us, but it's just not unfair. It's just not fair to other people, and it's not fair when we're the ones on the receiving end. Like, in her case, she got played really, really badly. Um, obviously, she was fucking a married man, so there's that. Um, so, you know, karma. Um, but I just feel like, in general, like, sometimes we are just looking for an emotional connection or we're just lonely. Like, it's not okay to use people. This is not the same as settling in self-care from episode one. Like, in that situation, they both knew what time it was, you know? But right here, like, it was very obvious that Connor was way more into to Anna than she was into him, and she was just using him. So please don't do this. Now, wrapping up with Gigi, um... Gigi goes on to convince herself that Alex has been putting her on all this game because he himself is into her. She comes up with all these signs that he wants to be with her, like how he greeted her on the phone, um, which again, it's just so funny and relatable because like, I just hate how Gigi is so much like how I used to be like I used to watch this movie with egg on my face every time like I am fucking embarrassed like such a hopeless romantic that you read into shit that means nothing more than a friendly gesture literally just be making up shit like it's so sad and pathetic so Alex invites her to a party his at his house and he literally tells her there should be some single men to chat with but her mind is set up at this point. So she gets to the party and she starts telling people that she thinks that it's a thing between them. And it's just so cringy and embarrassing. Like there were zero signs. He gave her advice and tried to set her up with another guy. Like, and she just convinced herself that, oh, like just, just hopeless romantic. And this bitch literally cleaned up the apartment after the party was over and then got mad because he had um, one of his homegirls hanging around and was playing video games. But again, 
Here's the thing. Alex said this at the beginning of the movie. If a man wants you, you will know. That is all this movie is trying to say. But sometimes we make up signs. Gigi just wore her heart on her sleeve, um, which, again, relatable. And Alex was mean with what he was doing and what he said. But basically, after the party, after the friend left, like Gigi jumped him and was basically just like, oh, I knew I knew that you were interested in me. I could tell by the way you did this and that. Like, he was kind of harsh and like, shutting her down but he wasn't necessarily wrong he was talking about how women you know take these things in our minds and we spin it into something that's just not true and he just reminds her what have i been telling you this whole time if a man wants you you will know what have i done to make you think that way you know what i mean why do you think this way and he just shuts her down completely um and like I said, he just wasn't wrong. We do we do take things and we turn it into something or we make up excuses. But rightfully, Gigi drags the fuck out of him right back. And she said, you think you won because women are expendable to you. And I love this because I feel like this is a lot of men. Like, let's just call back to the emotionally unavailable episode. Like, men really out here be doing whatever to avoid being hurt. So that scene was very interesting because... Points were made on both sides here. <laughs> like, Alex wasn't wrong that women do be making up shit. You know what I mean? And we be reading into stuff and making it more than what it is. But Gigi was also wrong, too. Men just be doing this, this, and that, and dilly-dallying and shit. And just, I don't know, like, just think that women are like buses you know and it's just like treating us like we're expendable and treating us like whatever like i get that that is a thing that helps when you're dating multiple people but human to human you shouldn't treat people like crap you know what i mean and you are not going to get where you want to be in a relationship or emotionally with any of your connections if you're just treating people like all right whatever you, you know what i mean oh, you don't want to come over today? Bye. You know, like, so points were made on both sides. My takeaways from He's Just Not That Into You is the major overarching theme of this movie, which was the concept of rules versus exceptions. So every time something happened, Gigi would say, well, I heard about a guy and a girl who blah, 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 and they ended up perfectly happy. Um, So it's like, you know, oh, I heard about a couple where the guy didn't call her back at the date and they ran after the date and they ran into each other two months later and now they're married. You know what I mean? Or I read, I, I heard about a guy and girl who, you know, they were together for 12 years and the guy ended up proposing and they're happy. You know what I mean? So there's this idea of like the rule is that a man who doesn't call after a date is not into you the exception is these little stories that we hear about where it did end up working out for them <laughs> and so he needs so his whole thing alex's thing was nine times out of ten we are the rule if we're the exception we'll know that we're the exception i feel like they were kind of heavy-handed with the fact that women tell these stories about rules versus exceptions um and that's what convinces women to do dumb shit um i think we just estimate that women just do dumb shit <laughs> for reasons like loneliness horniness desperation um so i can't super super agree that you know we convince our friends to do stupid shit because we've heard a story about a girl where it worked out you know what i mean like sometimes girls just be doing dumb shit uh but this movie is spot on in general about the concept of rules and exceptions if a man doesn't call you after the first few dates he's not interested that's the rule i know some exceptions in real life real life 
where she didn't think he was interested. They reconnected months later, happily married, baby on the way. That is the exception. But the rule is the rule. Like, I just love this movie because it's so raw and honest. And sometimes I'll randomly watch it when I feel like I just need to be checked. This movie is fun and it's funny, but there is some heavy hitting shit in this movie that you walk away like, damn. <laughs> and it definitely stings sometimes. Like, and if I'm in a situation where I'm like, I'm not really sure about like where I stand with a guy, I would watch this movie and I just walk away with way much more clarity on like <laughs> what my situation is. And that is true art, y'all. Like this movie is one of my favorites, but it still has some great moments. Um, there was some really good antics. Mary, who was played by Drew Barrymore, who is just a struggling y'all like this movie truly captures the single life in my opinion and one of my favorite things is that the movie ended realistically some people ended up alone some people ended up divorced some people ended up you know staying firm in their boundaries staying firm in their singleness whatever some people ended up together neil and beth do get married and Gigi and alex do end up together like i love that part when he's like you were my exception Ugh. so it's definitely a rom-com guys but it's realistic in the fact that sometimes shit works out and sometimes it doesn't and as Gigi says sometimes the happy ending is choosing you all right, now I want to discuss Think Like a Man. And I will preface this with the fact that I actually did read this book, but that was like well over 10 years ago, so I don't remember much. But I actually did read Think Like a Man in about 2010, I think. So the movie starts off with Steve Harvey himself, who's the writer of the book and, you know, of this movie. Um, he's giving advice and he says, until you get into the mindset of a man, you will never win with us. Steve is right here. Like this, I absolutely believe. We have to have some sense about these things. Too many women were so upset about episode 10, What Men Want. That episode was not for you to agree with. It's for you to understand. And because it's like, y'all will send me messages all the time. Like, why do men do this? Because they suck. Like, what else is new? What are we doing to com combat those things? Like, and I always have to disclaim, we aren't absolving anybody of bad behavior, but we are moving on and not wasting our own time. Having that knowledge is power. It's like having a playbook of the other football team. You know what I mean? If you know what they're about to do and how they're about to move, <laughs> you solid because now you know how to react. If you know that men are going to try it and try to come over and chill, you know how to react. It is what it is. Uh, but anyways, the movie breaks down the men in these categories. There's a player, the mama's boy, the dreamer, and the non-committer. The ladies are the overachiever, the 90-day rule girl who was tired of getting fucked and dumped, the single mom, and the girl waiting for commitment. So I love this because I did feel like it was really realistic on like the categories, the type of people we are or who we come across. So Steve goes on to say, men respect women who have standards. And I don't know, I've been going back and forth because like I agree and I disagree. Like men themselves don't really have standards. So like who gives a shit what they respect? Like hoes get chosen every day. This whole concept of women like men who or men like women who, you know, keep their legs closed and don't do this and don't do that. Like, that's bullshit because we see every day in real life. Maybe those are the exceptions Alice was talking about. But we see every day in real life where that's just not the case. 
men are very inconsistent. Every man talks about how he wants a Michelle Obama type of girl, but on Instagram following all the Benice Burgos and the big booty models and stuff like that. So I can't really agree with that, but I think it's less about like, I'm not looking for men's respect. I am looking to stay true to my boundaries. Let me put it that way. So I think it's just more so how he worded it. Men respect women who have standards. I guess I do agree with that, but I don't want women to take away from that. Like I need to have standards because men will respect it. No, have standards and boundaries because you have them. So I I, I don't think I, I inherently disagree with that. So we go on um, and they're showcasing um, Lauren, which is Taraji P. Henson's character, super, super boss chick or whatever, um, but she's single. And she says, why should I have to lower my standards to get a man? Who does that? <laughs> and I'm like, I feel you, girl. Like, she is a typical, like, strong, independent Black woman archetype. Um, and she does have this laundry list in her head of what the guy is supposed to be. Like, I hate this stereotype in Black movies. Like, Usually, this is the role that Gabrielle Union plays in pretty much every movie. So it was pretty funny that it wasn't Gabby's character. I just feel like Kevin Samuel saw this character and created this whole villain idea of women because of this type of character. But we see this type of character in a lot of movies, all these unrealistic expectations and whatever. But my thing is, like, I kind of relate to her. Um, But I also do think she could ease up a bit, like, which she does end up doing. And I think I talked about this before. When I say ease up, I mean, like, he may make six figures, but not have a degree. He may be a blue collar guy just making six figures. Like, it doesn't have to look exactly how we think it does. And I definitely say this from a place of privilege because I am five two but y'all does he have to be six foot like you can't do a five foot ten man sis like damn and y'all be five five yourself like good grief <laughs> but again I'm privileged because I'm very very much on the short end um but and honestly that goofy story probably is a reason I do need to start dating men who are taller because I can't with the Napoleon shit but you know I'm just not big on telling people about their preferences you can definitely want what you want but you do need to like be patient and be proactive to get that um but this whole laundry list thing that she does it it is it is a lot so and Taraji's character makes a fair point she says if I was a man and the youngest COO of a fortune 500 women would flock but her friend acknowledges that she's right but also says you're not a man and I gotta start with the friend here and that's the distinction that I want to make is that her friend you know called her out and basically said your accolades are cool but not when you lead with that and this has been a conversation that people have had with me over the years so like I definitely related to this and I can understand this and it was just something that I didn't get you know because the thing is like men who are providers they want to lighten your load you know, like they take pride in giving to their woman and providing for her and her not having to work hard, even if she wants to, they want to ease up her load in any way that they can be of use. So a woman who is looking for a provider specifically, she doesn't need to use her job and her accolades as selling points. Like, I really hope that that makes sense for people. Like, she needs to lean on her other skills. And that was hard for me because I am that. I'm a boss bitch. And I have the same reaction. Why do I have to play low? I say all the time, Michelle was Obama's boss. You know what I mean? And he still was like head over heels for her, you know? But someone was like, why are you telling a man about how about what you do and how hard you work 
and you know all this you got going on you know it basically makes him feel like you don't need him and men who do care about how much you earn and how great your job is and all your accolades those kind of guys tend to be bums so it's like a man who wants to take care of you is not going to care about all of that and just as i've been dating this is just me personally like i do kind of think that that's fair it's just not a leading selling point like i don't go out and tell men what I do. I don't say I own my own event firm and, you know, I have this, like, amazing podcast. Like, I don't tell them about this stuff. Like, and there's a difference. Really, I want you to hear me out. Like, casually mentioning the things you do is not the same as leading with them. Again, if you want a provider, these don't need to be your selling points. <laughs> you know, they just don't. Like, I don't lead with the fact that I do all these things anymore. And I don't want, some women do take this as, you know, dimming your light. I don't see, I used to see it that way, but I don't see it that way anymore. Because if you want a man who provides, why is your selling point your job? You ain't trying to play for shit. So why is that how you're presenting yourself in dating? That's all I'm going to say. I don't want you to drag me, but that's all I'm going to say. And I'm going to leave it at that. I personally know I want a provider and I have learned to lean back <laughs> and or not lean back, but just kind of like um, change what I am leading with. It doesn't have to be your job and your work and how much of a boss you are, and how much money you make. So and Steve goes on to say that men's DNA is encoded to be a provider. Um, I definitely think we strayed from that. I think that men have gotten very lazy. Um, I think that, you know, I've talked about this before. Women are working now. Things are just different. Um, but I do agree that, you know, you do have to make men feel in control and you have to make them feel wanted. And there's ways to do that. Um, not necessarily in control, but you do have to like make your partner feel like they add some sort of value to you and men want to be needed so again at the top of this part I, that's the first thing that steve had said was you have to understand what they think y'all don't have to agree don't be blowing my shit up like i did after episode 10 y'all don't have to agree <laughs> but you understanding what they think and what you know drives them will just help you understand how to move in dating and if ultimately you're like I don't want a man that, you know, needs to feel needed. He just should be happy to be here. That's fine. Then you know how to move in your dating life. But if you want to be better as dating and be more proactive um, and just have a better battle plan, then getting inside the head and at least understanding how they think, I think that that matters. I feel like I have x-ray visions, like man goggles. You know, we spend all this time complaining about how guys don't want to be in relationships, they just want to hook up, but really all along we've had the power. Right. <laughs> we have? Yes. We control the cookie. She who controls the cookie controls the game. <laughs> okay, I got it. What's the cookie? It's a metaphor. For what? For... Telling you the power is in the cookie. So how do we control the cookie? By putting it in the cookie jar, mm -hmm. clasping the lid on tight, and leaving it in there. Okay. Until some little boy actually grows up and earns it. I get it. It's kind of like when my cousin had the five date rule. It was like similar to that. <laughs> no, 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 that's child's play. I'm thinking something a little bit more radical. So this is why you need to get the book because it has a whole chapter on it. <laughs> Getting the respect that you deserve. The 90 day rule. Are you high? Who is waiting 90 days? Well, if it's good enough for the Fortune 500 company, it's good enough for me. So when I read the book and watched the movie, 
this is one of the issues that I had. <laughs> so Megan Good's character has this 90 day rule. What's her character's name? Her character's name is Maya. So Maya has this 90 day rule. At the beginning of the movie, you see her getting fucked and dumped or whatever by Chris Brown's character, um, like smashed and dashed. And she's just so over it and she's tired of not having real connections and giving up all this sex and not getting anything from it. So she goes on to have the 90 day rule based on what she read in Steve's book i think the 90 day rule is bullshit what she said here and what harvey says in the book is spot on in other words they're talking about the power of the pussy there's books on that and i talked about this in a hookup culture episode but women do have control based on the trajectory of the relationship depending on the rate in which you have sex sleeping with a man on the first night there's no guarantee that he's going to commit however Sleeping with him on day 91, there's no guarantee he's going to commit. And this is why I think putting time frames on sex is absolute bullshit. It comes down to discernment, y'all. If you are asking the right questions and paying attention, you can find out his aim by week three or week six. That's why I always emphasize it does not take that long to figure out. You, you don't need to be dating a man for six months. If you're dating a man for six months casually and you don't know where this is going or what you want to do or what the situation is, you're not asking the right questions. Ask the right questions. Get into his mind. Get into his thought process. Who is his character? We talked about this with um, Mickey on episode 19. What is his character like? And if you're asking character questions when you're dating a man, week three, you should know. <laughs> you really should know. So having a hard number on sex is just absurd to me. Like, I feel like Steve was right in the book about men needing to wait for the benefits like job, like you do with jobs. But like, that's just not how humans work. Because like I said, on the flip side, you may need more than 90 days. You know what I mean? Like, let's say y'all are both busy and can't go on dates as much. It may take more time, but really the key here is discernment. You may want to see him in different situations. So if y'all are both busy, y'all don't live in the same area, it takes longer. 90 days may not work because you don't have the time. Y'all can only talk on the phone once a week or whatever the case may be. I'm just saying putting 90 days, putting a specific number, is just arbitrary bullshit. Like, period. A man earns your sex by being worthy of it, by showing his character and that he values you. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be all of this. Well, he stuck around for 90 days. Like, he he could have done nothing in these 90 days. Absolutely fucking nothing. But you're going to puss it out on day 91 just because he stuck around for... No, 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 no. So, in theory, I think that Steve was right about earning benefits. I think in application, the 90-day rule is trash and it doesn't make sense because you can easily get fucking dumped on day 91. That's all I'm saying. Character is what matters. And you get to the meat of his character by asking the right questions in the right way. This does not have to be an interview, ladies. Uh -huh. And learning what he values and learning who he is. And I think that you can figure this out on week one or week 72, whatever, but discernment is what matters. And hey, if you just want some dick, 
<laughs> by being in the right place at the right time, it is what it is. He can get that. You know what I mean? But putting a time frame on this is just ridiculous. And what if you waited 90 days for like bad dick? Like that's all I'm saying. <laughs> and I also want to put this out here. Another thing, y'all absolutely underestimate men's obsession with the chase and the quest for new vagina. A man will absolutely wait 90 days and dump you right afterwards. He absolutely will. So again, I feel like Steve had it right in theory about earning benefits, but not necessarily in application. Um, I don't let men pick me up, so I can't comment on the trip trip thing. Like, I may be too millennial on that part, but Megan Good character Maya says you know I'm not a trip trip girl he can't just pull up and unlock the door and think that I'm just gonna get in he has to open the door so and eh, y'all take that for what you want um so the ladies all end up going on first dates um or ask their current partners what are your long-term and short-term goals so for the questioning thing, don't be asking men their long-term and short-term goals on day one. Like, I actually agree. Um, Maya's best friend is played by Lala Anthony. Her name is Sonia. And I actually agree with her here. She was like, you acting like you preparing for war. Like, you are. <laughs> you are preparing for war. Dating, I said this before, this is a motherfucking Hunger Games. But asking short-term and long-term goals to me is just whack as fuck on day one. This is not an interview. It's not an interview. I feel like I'm going to have to do a deeper dive on questions when dating. Um, but men know when they're being interviewed. And so if his intentions aren't good, y'all, he can tell you whatever the fuck you want to hear. Like I said this before, there is creative ways to ask questions to men and get the answers that you seek without being all so are you serious about marriage? Are you going to waste my time? Like, don't do that. So anyway, um, after the date, at one point, Zeke is the guy that Maya is dating um, and he's the player. So he asked her for a nightcap, which in normal people terms means come inside for another drink, coffee or tea or more convo. Um, this is a little bit of older terminology in nightcap. Like I've had men say that before and I was like, oh, um, because now I feel like it just kind of means something a little bit less innocent. It can lead to sex, but won't always lead to sex. So, um, but he asked her for a nightcap and she says, oh, there's a bar around the corner that you'll really like. Have fun. <laughs> and I just love this. Because like I said before, there are so many easy ways to say no without saying no. Like, and this is one of them. Like, she's like, oh yeah, you can have a nightcap tonight. It's, it's a bar around the corner. Go ahead, boo. Like, I thought that she was hilarious. Um, but now at this point, he's like, well, how long is it going to take you for, you know, how long is it going to take for you to invite me inside your house? And she said five dates. And again, I don't like this. I prefer vagueness because again, now he knows to be on his best behavior for four more dates. So that just goes back to the 90 rule thing. Then she goes on to tell him at one point that, you know, things are going well, but then she's like, he texts her and asks her to go out again. And she's like, I don't go out with guys who ask me out via text. Like, 
back to the car thing like i love boundaries and i think it's so important to enforce them but like you can say them without saying them so plainly like she could have easily just said i'm not sure yet can you call me tonight to set something up this is how you teach people how to treat you i just don't like you know and some people may feel differently i just don't like so plain saying well i don't go out with men who ask me out via text how dare you you know what i mean like i just don't like that um but i mean and I think that it's situational because being plain sometimes does work. Like, I won't completely hate on it because I use that tactic. My whole thing for you guys is always there are so many different tactics on dating. And you don't always have to just be a straight shooter. You also don't have to play low all the time. There's a lot of strategies. You The, the thing about dating is figuring out which strategy is going to get you where you need to be learning that there's multiple strategies and learning when to utilize them is the important part. But again, not completely hitting on being straight up plain. Like I was just talking to this guy last week about Kevin, the scammer or whatever, Kevin Scamuels. And he admitted to listening to his videos and stuff, but he was like, Derek Jackson is worse than Kevin. And I told him they are both trash and they're cut from the same cloth. Like, and he felt that Kevin has his ways, but does have merit. So I'm like, Married about what? And he brought up the whole, what do you bring the table? What do you bring to the table thing that Kevin likes to talk about? And I just set my boundary pretty plainly. I was like, I don't date men who feel the need to ask what I bring to the table. <laughs> I, I feel like asking someone you just met what they're going to do for you is disgusting. Like, and that guy immediately toned it down because he realized, oh shit, she don't fuck with this at all. And I didn't say, uh, uh you know what I mean like I can't you know like I didn't make it all all nasty and a big deal I just stated that's my boundary either you win it or you not I don't date men like that <laughs> you know what I mean so like I said I in that moment because y'all know how I feel about that man and his nonsense I did feel like I needed to state it pretty plainly but still like without like, I didn't attack the guy I was talking to when I said it. I just said, I don't I don't date men like that. And so even if he thought like that, he knew right then and there that he needed to play low and just be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that shit is kind of crazy, you know? <laughs> oh. Hey, what's up, girl? Michael. She's thinking about you. No, hi. I, I thought I'd get your voicemail. Yeah, no, you got me, baby. Listen, Michael. We need to talk. Ladies, few words are more menacing than the dreaded four we need to talk. Now, that means one of two things. That we did something wrong or you literally want to talk. She wants to talk. Ooh, that's good. That's bad, dude. Good. Oh, she talked your damn head off. Is it ever a good sign when a woman wants to talk? <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually love this part because he was really spot on about this. I don't use this at all, like ever. Because even if I do need to talk to a man, I don't want him to see the mess and the bullshit that's about to come. I don't want you to be over there preparing yourself to be on some bullshit and start making excuses. Now, like, obviously this is a movie and these girls were asking these questions to these men verbatim. And that's how this group of dumbass men realized they were getting got. <laughs> like, they all realized that these women had this Steve Harvey book and that they were using these tactics 
tactics against these men. And that's why they peep. Like, my girl asked me what my long-term goals was. My girl asked me too. And then they realized all these girls were reading the same exact book. And they they realized they was getting got. Um, and there are popular books to spell out what to ask on dates. But spice it up and tailor it to your personality. Again, this is a, this is a movie. But, um, yeah, I just, I thought this was funny. Because there are certain popular books and concepts. And once the men start putting it together, they just kind of realize, oop, like we've been getting played. So definitely if you're reading books and there are some good dating books out there, if you're reading, he's just not that into you or whatever the case may be, like just apply these tactics to your own life and your own way of dating. Um, now, the third act of the movie is pretty hilarious at this point when the guys find out that these women have been using this book. Um, and they start playing with the women because now they know, like, like I said earlier, now they got their playbook. So now they start acting like they're vulnerable and start pretending to be exactly what these women want so they can stop being nagged or get sex or get whatever they wanted to. Um, and yeah, th I mean, this movie is really funny. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> also, did we ever count the amount of times that they played that damn john legend song like somebody messaged me the answer because it has to be on the internet somewhere like they played tonight by john legend so many times in this movie it was ridiculous so next up zeke introduces maya as his girlfriend um on purpose um and y'all don't call me skeptical but I said this, when men give you titles, introduce you to family, they can still very much be on bullshit. So like, just don't take being introduced to the family as some sort of great honor or badge because men's mamas be known that they on BS. Um, so she, at that point, ends up sleeping with him because he says, I love you. So this just proves my point, like from earlier, some men be knowing what we expect and Maya was dating a true player. And so sometimes they'll just watch and wait and adapt till they get what they want. And honestly, women could learn to do that. Like I just said, we could learn to just start adapting and watching and waiting and figuring out and not because we're being slimy scammers or trying to get something out of them, but because we're protecting ourselves and we wanna make sure that, you know, we truly see this man for who he is. So eventually she finds the book at his house and realizes that he's full of shit and he was only doing all these things because he wanted to fuck. Um, all the guys actually get caught slipping because they were all just bullshitting and faking the funk. Like you can only fake the funk for so long. I really thought that that shit was funny because it's like, that's the thing about back to the 90 day rule. Like a man could put on for a certain amount of time until he gets what he wants. You know what I mean? But eventually that show is going to crack. You can cause him to be his true self sooner by asking and by watching and waiting. Waiting exactly 90 days verbatim? No. But you can get that show to crack a lot sooner. And that doesn't mean that it's going to crack in a bad way. It just means you're getting him to show you who his true self is. Um, in a bit of a wrap up, like I, I honestly don't like the ending of Think Like a Man. Like I don't like that there was a happy ending. <laughs> Y'all don't drag me for this, but like I'm not jaded, but I'm just a realist. Like every single couple ended up together, every single one. Like, it's just a super, super fairy tale movie. And it's just like, ugh. Like, 
that's just not real life. Like, I get it. It's a movie. <laughs> like, but from a dating, single relationship perspective, it's just like, it does not always end up end up so happy, lovey-dovey like this. Like, my preference of the two is he's just not that into you because it gives it to you real. Like, this single shit is real. Like, it just shows you, like, all the time it's not going to work out. And not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But I will say... Think Like a Man is funny as hell. Like, Steve Harvey was a comedian. Like, I'm not sure how much he had as far as, like, writing the movie itself, but the comedic timing was so good. Like, everybody, it was, it was so many. I'll just read off the people. Like I said, this is a star-studded cast. Michael Ely, Kevin Hart, Regina Hall, Taraji, Megan Good, Gabrielle Union, Romani Malco, Terrence Shay, um, Gary Oldwin, Jerry Ferrara, Lala Anthony. All these stars were in this movie, and some of those people themselves are comedians. Shit was funny. Like, I've seen this movie multiple times before. And like I said, it's from 2012. It's almost a decade old. I was watching this movie for this episode and I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> like, so if you have, haven't seen it at all or you haven't seen it in a while, this is definitely a good little Saturday thing to do was watch Think Like a Man. I just, I don't know why this movie was so funny. Like, I did not remember it being this funny. And maybe because, like, I'm older now. 2012, I was an undergrad. Um, and so now that I'm older and I've been dating more, I just think it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, like for entertainment purposes, think like a man is hilarious. You know, like I said, I was just screaming laughing. It it also is the movie of the two that left me feeling the most warm and fuzzy at the end. So like, I guess that it did what it was supposed to do. Like, so while I consider these movies in the same category, I think that they serve two different purposes. If you want a reality check, watch she's just not that into you if you want to just feel some encouragement and have a good funny time and just feel positive about dating and things working out watch think like a man that is my recap of these movies guys i'll go ahead and end the segment all right guys now it's time for the dating tip of the week the dating tip of the week is be realistic this episode was about movies and books and, you know, just different forms of media that set out specific ideals about dating and relationships. Just be realistic about the way that you're going about your dating life and how you're going about um, handling other people and handling your relationships with other people. Now it's time for down in the DMs. Um, if you have any questions, letters, that you want to send in, um, whatever the case may be, go ahead and send it to listen to your single friend at gmail.com. Um, this week we will name her Trina. It says, Dear friend, I have a dilemma. I've gotten caught up. <laughs> I've been dating this guy on and off for a while now, for about three years. Okay. Whenever we are off, we are off, like on a break for like three months. Our longest break was eight months. So I was doing my own thing and would always hit up one of my old college flings with the Hey Big Hit text and we would hook up. So at this point, me and my guy are back on and he says his frat bros are having a kickback and invited me to go. Can you figure out where this is going? <laughs> Why is his frat bro my big head squeeze? So I ended up telling my guy about an hour into the party that I wasn't feeling good and he took me home. What do I do now? Because I told, oh, because the other guy texted me the next day talking about, so this was a dude you were on a break from. Send help, 911. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is actually funny. This is actually really, really funny. Um, girl, you win some shit. At the end of the day, I'm not here for the only off you shit. So my number one question would be, is three-year bay end game? Because y'all been on and off. And for one of the offs, it was eight months, which is damn near a year. Like, is this end game? What's with the on and off shit? Like, but like you said, y'all on a break. So you could do one or two things. I don't like messy shit. You could just be honest and just say, hey, I went out with X, Y, and Z when we were off. Because here's the thing. I don't like messy shit. And if he finds out, if the frat brother slips up and says, oh, so Trina, your girl, huh? You know what I mean? Like men be knowing if it's one thing that men hate is being charged up by other men about their girl. So you need to know if the front brother is even going to keep it quiet. Because the fact that he texts you blowing up your spot is like, God damn, girl, you in some shit. But number one, I first would figure out is Bay in game? Because I don't like all this off and all shit. Number two, if he is in game, I feel like you deserve or you owe it to him to just be honest and just make it clear that that's not a thing that's going to happen because if he is truly in game and he's going to be your husband then he is going to be very upset if he finds out later and at this point you just like i said i just feel like you you owe it to him if he is in game if he's not in game and you just here for a good time not a long time I want to say shit, and I would tell frat bro to keep his mouth shut if he want to be on your call list if things go off again. <laughs> like, that is my advice. That might not be the best advice, but that's just how I feel about it. Like, I just personally, I I wouldn't want to get caught up, and I feel like you've been caught up at this point, sis. So you need to do what's going to be best for you long term. So I would start there. Think about the long term of this. Do you want to be with your man for life? Okay, then you need to do what's necessary and get full disclosure. Do you not give a fuck? And just like, ah, whatever, we'll be off again. Do you still want to keep frat, bro? Hell, who? <laughs> this is wrong. I'm about to say who hitting it the best, but whatever. <laughs> like, I'm kind of trash, so whatever. But my whole thing with that situation is just you need to figure out what your in what your end game is, and then you need to move accordingly. So, Trina, sis, I didn't know how you gonna handle this was the the um season is about to end but i would love 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 some follow-ups this season too because this shit is funny <laughs> but best of luck trina all right it's time for a trivia trivia this week is 27 percent of people admit to googling their date beforehand true or false i got my thoughts on this one y'all i can't wait till the next episode <laughs> All right, guys, it is time to close this episode. I really wanted to do a fun, lighthearted episode. I try to have some balance, um, especially the next two episodes are going to be pretty heavy, guys. We're going to be talking about self-image. Um, we're also going to be talking about dating with mental health issues and how dating affects your mental health. Um, so the next couple episodes are going to be a little bit heavier. So definitely wanted to do something fun and lighthearted before we get into a little bit more, you know, tougher um, conversations. So thank you guys so much for continuing to support the show. I hit 5k now, baby. I am just, uh, I'm so happy. Continue to share the show with your friends, your family. 
single or not, you know, if you're not single, share it with your couple friends and have discussions on it, whatever the case may be. Uh, but definitely, you guys have been showing me so much love and I appreciate all the support to date. Share, subscribe, like, review. I got another review. Yay. Some people are listening. Some people understand the assignment. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys next time. Hey!